0: I want to talk to you about this topic here. We will serve the Lord. We will serve Him. We shall serve Him. We am serve Him. We e-serve Him. We are serve Him. I'll, I'll throw all of the wrong tenses and words in there so that it just makes an impact on your mind. My question is, are you still serving Him? I can't answer that for you. Clint, can you turn, pull it back a little bit? I'm going to be loud, my brother this morning i can't answer that for you you are the only one who can answer that i'm not asking you whether your family is serving the lord i'm not asking you whether your wife is serving the lord i'm not even asking you in what church you are i don't ask you whether you believe in jesus who believes in jesus can you put up your hands those who didn't put it up let's wake them up amen You see, there's a misconception in the world right now about serving God. And the pressure is coming upon us as children of God. We see it play over, over the news, don't we? We see Israel for Lao and, and we see how the whole world, if you stand up now and you say anything wrong against the establishment, you will lose your job. But man, the time is coming, my brother and sister. Sir, madam, the time is coming that they will take you to the stake. Who knows what that means? Back in the day, they burned people for what they believe in. You will be burned. You You will be casted out. And it's only those, listen to me carefully this morning, it's only those who serve the Lord with all of their heart and mind who will be able to stand. The time is coming when the chaff will be separated from the wheat. You know how they did it? Back in the day, they would throw all the chaff on the floor there. They will take off their shoes and they will walk over this chaff. They will just keep on walking over it, walking over it, the grain, the, the, the wheat. They will keep on walking over it, and then he will take a winnowing fan. They will pick it up, and they will throw it into the air, and the fan will blow the chaff away. The time is coming in our day and age when the chaff is going to be blown away. And the question that I have for you this morning, are you wheat or are you chaff? Are you going to be blown away? Because there is a storm coming. You see it on your TV. They are coming for you and they're coming for me because of what you believe. And I'm asking you this morning, are you serving the Lord? That's what my question It's the Word of God. And I pray the Lord will touch you on my heart. You know, believing God is not serving Him. You see now on TV, you know, a lot of people, they believe. Some people even get up there and they say, That book is the most read book in the world. I believe that. But are they serving him? So, what is the difference between believing and serving? What is the difference? Everybody can believe. Everybody. The Bible says that even the demons believe, and you know what happens? They shudder out of fear because of belief. Yet there's people today who believe and they just make a mockery out of it. The difference between believing and serving is one. You say with your mouth, you can be happy, clappy, hallelujah, jumping up and down, but serving is actions. Serving is you're doing it in actions. You do what you say. You do what you say. Turn to the person next to you and say, this is serious this morning. (laughs) And it is. My question again to you then this morning is, are you serving the Lord? Who knows where this verse is in the Bible? It's in the book of Joshua. Let's go there. In Joshua chapter 24, it's a well-known passage. By now, the people were coming out of 40 years 40 years of walking around in the wilderness, and Joshua now is bringing them to the brink of going into the promised land. And now, what happens? They've had so many times that God came true to them. You see, within the nation, they were believers. They were believers. They believe in God because they saw what He did. People are following God because of the miracles. They want to see more miracles. God, what can you do for me? God, what can you do for us? God, me. God, us. God, me. God, us. There were a lot of those people there. And Joshua brings them at the end of his life. He's soon to be departing, not away from them, but be dying. And he come to this passage in Joshua chapter 24, verse 14. He says, now therefore, what is therefore, therefore? You need to read the whole of Joshua to get there. and You know why it's there, it's an application word. He says, now all of these things that happened in your life, all of the experiences and the testimonies you've had, therefore now people, as he speaks to the people in Karim Downs, he says, now therefore fear the Lord, serve Him. Fear the Lord, serve Him. If there's a message that I can shout out to Melbourne this morning is, Fear the Lord and serve Him. If there's a message that I can shout out to the churches in Melbourne this morning, not only in Melbourne but in Australia, in the rest of the world, is fear Him and serve Him in sincerity and in truth. And put away the gods which your father served on the other side of the river and in Egypt. And then he says again, serve the Lord. You see, what my brother saw in Bali is they not serving the Lord, they are serving gods, which a lot of people today are doing. And in verse 15 he says, And if it seems evil to you to serve the Lord, choose, everybody say choose. Choose, choose for yourselves this day whom you will serve. Whether the gods which your father served that we're on the other side of the river, or the gods of the Amorites, in whose land you dwell. But as for me and my house, what will we do? Come on, you shout it out. Come on, say it. We will serve the Lord. Me and my house, we will serve the Lord. You choose. You choose. So the people answered and said to it, far be it from us that we should forsake the Lord to serve other gods. We'll come to that in a minute. But you see, here is the problem. In whose land you dwell? You see that? In whose land are you and I dwelling today? We are dwelling in the world. Is this God's land? What happens when you dwell in somebody else's land? You start getting used to their gods, you start getting used to their culture. You start getting used to their compromises. Abortion is good, you know. It's it's choice. It's somebody's choice. What about white rights, women rights? We're living in this land. Prostitution is fine. It's acceptable. We're living in this land. This is what happened to them. They were living in the Amorites land. They were living in Egypt. It was all good. They, they conformed to the land. Brother and sister, are you conforming to the land? I ask you again, whom are you serving? Are you serving God? Are you serving Him in truth and in sincerity? I, am, I don't care whether you tell me this morning you believe in God. The atheists, they don't believe in Him. But if you go to other false religions, they say the Buddhists, they believe in Jesus. It's only one of their gods. The, the Islamists, you know, they believe in Jesus. He's only a prophet. But many people believe. But are you serving Him? Can I see in your actions that you are actually serving God? You see, people think this is a choice that Joshua puts in front of him. But it's not. You say, but wait a minute. He just said to them, choose for yourself. In other words, it's a choice. I want to suggest to you that it's not a choice. You think it all lies with you? No, no. It is a command to serve God. You are commanded to serve God. It's one of his commands. Did you know that? Let's turn to Deuteronomy chapter 11. Look at Deuteronomy chapter 11. Now remember, he's talking to his people now, isn't it? He turns to the Jews, to the Israelites. He says to them these words, not to the whole world. Today He's telling to you and me, the children of God, Christians, He said to you and me these words as well. In verse 11, verse 13, He says, And it shall be that if you earnestly obey My commandments. Who's speaking here? God speaking. He says, If you obey My commandments, which I command you today. What is the commandments? Right, it's right there. To love the Lord your God. Let me see, is everybody in this place loving God? Of course we love the Lord our God. And serve Him with all of your heart and with all of your soul. You see, the problem is, some people do the first part of this. They come to the, oh yes, we love God. Or so they say, I must say. Oh yes, we love God. The thing is, if you love God, then you will serve God, and your actions will show that you love God. It's not only lip service. He says, you know, we love God. They say, I believe in God with all my heart and my soul. But what does the verse say? It says, serve Him with all of your heart and your soul. It doesn't say believe in Him with all of your heart and your soul. It says what? Serve Him. Serve Him. You go to these Asian countries, man, I'll tell you what, they do effort to serve their gods. That young lady comes, she does an effort, she walks out to that statue. It means a donut, it means nothing. She's getting nothing from it. It's a mental thing, she feels better. But there's no sustainability in what that God can give her. The only one who can give that is our Lord Jesus Christ. And every knee shall bow and every tongue confess that He's Lord. People do so much to their gods. What is Christians doing? Oh, we believe in Him. Oh, we go to church on a Sunday. Oh, you go to church. I put on my jacket, my best clothes. That's serving God. I sing hallelujah. Hallelujah. I can even do it with an yeah at the end, and it sounds so great. And Everybody goes, woo, woo, you know, that guy, woo. But the Bible says, He says, they are serving us with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. See, God is serving their hearts. As a child of Christ, we need to serve Him. Here, Joshua says to you and me, we have to choose to obey God or not. We need to choose to obey His commandment or not. To serve God is not an option. It's not not something you go, look, I'll believe in Him, but I'm going to be an undercover Christian. You know, I'm going to be undercover. You meet them, and they go, "Where are you in life?" And they go, "Oh no, God has got me in a special mission. I'm so deep undercover, you couldn't even find me." You know, I tried to find myself. I couldn't even find me. So deep am so I undercover. I'm right. On it. You guys shout it up there. You go and do your things. It doesn't work that way. I just want to, I thought, I didn't put it up here in this morning as I, as I prepared my heart again. What is the benefits of serving God? This is not prosperity preaching by far. I'm not going to tell you if you serve God, you're going to become a millionaire. You know, it's okay if you're a millionaire as long as you give me one of your Ferraris, okay? Because we are mates, man. We are like this. It's not working like that. This is not prosperity preaching. Listen to this now. In the same passage, the Deuteronomy, after he says that you will serve the Lord, he says, Then, this is God speaking, I will give you the rain for your land in its season, the early rain and the latter rain that you may gather in your grain, your new wine and your oil, and I will send grass in your fields and your livestock that you may eat and be filled. Take heed to yourselves. Take heat. Everybody say, take heat. What does that mean? It means, listen now, take heed, take care, you know. Take heed to yourself, lest your heart be deceived and you turn aside and serve other gods and worship them. The problem today is people are worshiping other gods. Now I'm by far not saying you come to the cross to gain something. You've gained more than enough. You've gained eternal life. And you know what Paul says? He, He says you are blessed with spiritual blessings. But God says, if you serve me, I will bless you. I will bless your lands. I will bless that. Now, serving God is right through the Bible. Psalm chapter 2 verse 10. He says, now therefore, be wise, O kings. You see, you're either wise or you're foolish. Be wise, O kings. Be instructed of what? You judges of the earth. Serve the Lord with what? With fear and rejoice with trembling. John 12:26 And if anyone serves me, let him follow me, and where I am, there my servant will be also. If anyone serves me, him the Father will honor. Hebrews chapter 9 verse 13, For in the blood of bulls and goats and asses of heifer, sprinkling of the unclean sacrifices of purifying of the flesh, how much more shall the blood of Christ, who through the eternal Spirit offered Himself without spot to God, cleanse your conscience from dead works to do what? Cleanse your conscience from dead works to do what? To do what? To serve the <coughs> The living God. Look, those people, Jonas, that lady walked up there and she bowed to that statue. Did the statue talk back to her? It's a dead God. It's a dead You say, but wait a minute, preacher. I'm not the one who walks up to those statues. But let me tell you, everything this world offers up to you and me is dead. It's dead. Young people, listen this morning. The world can't offer you life like Christ can. He says here, but as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. I just want to give you five things quickly. Five general ingredients in making a decision to obey God and to choose to serve Him. Remember, choosing God is not a choice. It's not as if He sits there, God, and He goes, please, please say yes to me. Some people think it's like this. Oh, God, you know what? I'm going to hold my choice. Let's just see how this thing plays out. Okay? God, let's just see how it plays out. I'm still young, Lord. Look, the blood is running through my veins. I'm bulletproof. Nothing can happen to me. Look how successful I am in life. Lord, let's just see how it plays out for another year or two, and then I'll make a decision Do you think God is sitting like that waiting for you? No, He commands you to obey. And if you do not choose, then you are disobeying God. And disobedience to God is as the sin of witchcraft. That's heavy. That's heavy, Glenn, isn't it? It's heavy. Now, there's five ingredients of making this decision to obey God. The first one that I want to discuss with you is by quitting to sit on the fence. Who knows what that means? Sitting on the fence. You've got one leg on the one side and one leg on the other side. And you see, Lord, we're going to see how this plays out. There was this man back in the day in America when they had the Civil War, when there was the blue coats and the gray coats. Okay? So this man was living right on the boundary, right there where it was on the one side is the blue coats and the blue coats wanted to kill the gray coats and on the other side was the gray coats in the armies and they wanted to kill those. And this man couldn't make a decision well. He says, who shall I go with? He had a choice. You could jump to the one side, put on the blue and fight the gray or you can jump to the other side, put on the gray and fight the blue. So what do I do? Because man, I'm so clever as people think they are. He put on a blue coat. ...and grey pants. That shall do it. And I'm pretty sure... ...I'm pretty, pretty sure he said... ...she'll be alright, mate. I'm pretty sure he had a little bit of Aussie influence in him. She'll be alright. Now let me say it in the Aussie accent. She'll be alright, mate. So what happened? These two armies, they converged on this farm. He's right there on the side... And he's standing there proudly, she'll be alright, mate. And the blue coats, they came, and his farm was that just that line there. And they saw this guy there. He had the blue coat on. They go, he's one of us. And the other side's armies came in. It's right there on both sides. And the grey coats looked there and look, he's got grey pants on. He's one of us. And then somebody said to the generals, but he's got grey pants on, and he's got blue. And you know what they said? The blue coat said, shoot for the legs. And the other side said, shoot for the top. (laughs) So she wasn't all right, mate. (laughs) She was dead, mate. (laughs) But you see, so a lot of people like to go through life. Life. I'm just sitting here on the fence. In Matthew chapter 26, 24, this is answered. He says, no one can serve two masters. This is Jesus himself. For either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will be loyal to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and Mammon. I know Mammon talks about money there. But would you believe that for some people money is a God? Why would he then? Why would Jesus then put him against God's here? Why would he compare money then with God's? Because money can buy you a lot of God's as well. You can't sit on the fence. So, the first way that you start getting away from the God's of this world, you make a decision to obey God, to serve Him, and to turn your backs on the God's of this world. Now, You know, oh, what are you going to say now, preacher? I can't do that. I can't even have a TV in my home. I'm not saying that. I can't even watch sport now. I can't even follow. I'm not saying that. No, no, the Bible also says we're living in this world, but we don't have to be off the world. When that thing becomes the thing that takes most of your time, then it becomes a God. You cannot sit on the fence. So one of the first things is quit sitting on the fence. Then you need to influence others and don't let them influence you. This is how we do it, by serving God. But you know what people say? I'm just going to hang around because I'm going to influence them. But then a few years down the track, they've influenced you so much that you are not at the spot where you were when you walked in. Here in Romans chapter 12, verse 1, Paul writes to this church. He says to them, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a dead sacrifice. Is that what he's saying? No, a lot of people want to live like that oh lord when i'm dead i'm going to be in heaven and serve you forever but while i'm alive now i'm just going to see how the scene plays out okay let's just see how it goes maybe there no no god is a god of the moment and today is that moment he says now in the book of isaiah chapter 1 verse 8 they say let's reason together let's reason together though your sins were like scarlet i will wash them whiter than snow he says now is the time to make that decision to obey him he says it there he says give your bodies as a living sacrifice holy holy you see that You've got to give your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy. And let me tell you, it's only the Son of God and the blood of Christ that can make you holy. That restores you into the place you were before sin, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. And now he says, and do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is the good, acceptable, perfect will of God. There is a play for your mind going on today. Because the world knows if they, can, if they have your mind, they've got your body. You turn on the television and it's all of these messages being bombarded at you, consciously and subconsciously. Consciously and subconsciously. You turn on your radio, Consciously and subconsciously. Just messages bombarding at you. What are they after? Your money in your pocket. Your service. They want you to serve them. Oh, just sign up here and you're part of our club, our private club, our VIP club. You're one of them and you serve them. He says, do not be conformed, but be transformed. Transformed by the renewing of your mind. So the first thing you do, you get off that fence. You don't be a fence sitter. You influence others and don't let them influence you. How many times has it happened when you, when the Lord saved your soul and you go back to your family and you say, guess what happened? The Lord saved my soul. What happened with them? They go, are you crazy? Are you, what? Are you going to be one of those holy rollers now? Is that happened to you or was it just me? Are you serious? You want, to, you want to go all out for Christ? The third thing you do is, this is not a light decision. Count the cost. Count the cost. I can tell you so many times over the years, so many people that I've seen, even in the short space of time, that I was privileged to preach the Word of God, to pastor some churches, people who came and they were quickly and they wanted to serve God with everything, but they made that decision and then a little bit later on, they, oh man, it's too hard. They've even said some of them to me, it's too hard to serve God. I didn't count all the cost. They become tired. And then they drop out like they say. Luke chapter 14, 28. For which of you intending to build a tower does not sit down first and count the cost, whether he has enough to finish it, lest after he has laid the foundation is not able to finish it, all who see it begin to mock him, saying, this man began to build and was not able to finish it. Remember what we preached a few weeks ago. If the Lord save you, the world are looking. You're under the magnifying glass. The fourth thing you do is you must be willing to go public. This is where it comes in that some people go, Man, the Lord saved me, but I'm one of those secret agents. You know, I am go undercover. You must be willing to go public. You must be willing for people to see that my life has changed. Now listen to me very carefully because I've had it over the years that young men come to me work and they go, geez, I feel so guilty because I can't walk in with my Bible and start preaching to them in the office. That's not necessarily what it says there. No, your life needs to be, listen, if you serve him with your life, your life will be a testimony of what's happened on the inside. And people will come to you and say, you've changed. Tell me, what happened? What an opportunity. Now that you've asked, let me tell you. But you know what? Go public. In Luke chapter 12 verse 8, he says, Also I say to you, whoever confesses me, this is Jesus before men, him the Son of Man will confess before the angels of God, but he who denies me before the men will be denied before the angels of God. We see it now happening on our TV right now, isn't it? I come back to the situation now with the Australian Rugby Union. What's happened? This young man stood up in front of the world, and he said, this is principles that I stand on. I listened to him there the other night. There was an interview with him on TV. And you know what impresses me the most about this? He started quoting scriptures right there on TV. He says, I hold on to my faith. And this is what the Bible says. He says, the Bible which I read, is, and he quoted scriptures. And he went public with this. Now he's been scrutinized. And you know, whatever people say about it, I just want to say, the time is coming, brother and sister, and I've been preaching this for now, the best part of 25 years. I've, I can go and get you the tapes that I've recorded. The time is going to come where they're going to persecute you for sitting here. Sitting here. We need to get ourselves ready. That any, Very close, my brother, that anyone can come into this place and say, church, I lost my job because I'm a child of God. What are we going to do as a church? We have to support our brothers and sisters. I believe the time is going to come where we're going to go back to the churches like in the book of Acts, where it's home churches. I believe the time is going to come even in this country. We will, we will have prayer meetings and it will be at night and we close the windows and all of the curtains so that nobody sees it's going. and we can't sing like we sang this morning out loud. The time is coming. The left is out for you. And who is firing it on behind the left? Oh, Lucifer, never forget. Never forget. Don't get mad at people. They're only agents used by him. We know this. The same thing about, you know, what they talk about abortion and stuff now. It is coming for us. You're going to stand up and say, I believe what the word of God says, and they're going to say, away with him, away with her. You must be willing to go public. You must be willing to pay, uh, count the cost. And this is it, brother, sister, before we end today. You have to go to the end. We have to. Dotty Rambo sings the songs. He says, I've come too far to turn back now. I've come too far. We have come too far to turn back. Old Polycarp, he was serving God, and he said, "You know, old Polycarp, they came for him, the Romans, and they say he was 85 years old, and they sent the the soldiers to his farm. They grabbed him." And as they walk him into the city, they were going to burn him, for he believed in Christ. He went public. He stood for what he stood. And they put him on the stake there. And, and honestly, he was such a good man, a Christian man, that the, the authorities there said to him, Polycarp, just, just, you know, just open your my- mouth and say that Caesar is Lord. Just say that and we'll save your life. This man, 85 years old, it is noted down what he said. They put him to the stake. And they wanted to tie him up like they do. He says, no need for the ropes. No need to tie me up. I'll take the fire. He says, for eighty and five years my Lord was with me. Why shall I turn my back on him now? And they burned him. They burned him on the stake. Go to the end, 2 Timothy chapter four, 4, verse 5. Paul writes to this young man, he says, For I'm already being poured out as a drink offering and time of my departure is at hand. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I've kept the faith. Brother and sister, let me finish this morning. Let's go back to Joshua. He says there, now therefore fear the Lord, serve him. You see how many times he uses the word serve? He doesn't use the word believe in him, believe in him. But I want to focus as a closure your attention on what the people said. What did the people say? Here in verse 16, Joshua 24, 16. So the people answered and said to him, Far be it from us. That's a ridiculous thing that you're saying there, Joshua. That we shall not serve the Lord. How could you even bring that up to us? Look, that's what they say. Far be it from us that we should forsake the Lord and serve other gods. We won't do such a thing. It's ridiculous for you to even think that. You know what, when I preach this sermon in the church and when I ask you the question this morning, are you still serving the Lord? I wonder how many people in their hearts in this place said, preacher, far be it from you to to ask me that. I will serve the Lord. Far be it from me. You know what they did? Just for the sake of time safe, I didn't put it in there. But between verse 16 and 21, they came back to him and they explained to him how good God was for them all this way to that point. Let me ask you the question this morning. Was God good for you in your past? If you sit here this morning, can you remember all the good things he did for you? How he carried you through? Can you? That influenced their answer. They said, because God is good for us, how can you say that we will serve somebody else? You see, I still want to suggest to you that they looked at what God can do for them. Brother and sister, we need to serve the Lord, not because what He can do for us, it is who He is. He is a holy, righteous God. That's why we serve Him. Because if you only serve God because He's good for you, what about the times that you're going to go through struggles in your life? And you feel, and you say to me, it feels as if God is is so far from us. Have you felt like like that in your life? Come on, I'm honestly going to tell you, there were times in my life I felt that God is so far from me. Now, if I'm like these people and I say, far be it from us that we should forsake the Lord and serve other gods because God was so good for me here, He was so good for me there, and look at me today. He's still good to me today, but what about tomorrow? What if the tide turns tomorrow and you go through one of the most difficult challenges in your life? Will you still serve the Lord? Or will you come to me and say, I'm just about to lose my faith? See, this gets me. When I prepare these sermons and I pray, it gets me. When I get so busy and I get so discouraged and disheartened, and I open up the Bible and I read that, and I hear sermons and people say, when you're downcast it and low, just remember the good things that God's done and it will lift you up. I don't need a lifting up. I need faith. You get what I'm saying? I don't need to feel better. I need faith. Faith is even if you don't feel good and better, that you still serve God. That is what faith is. In the midst of the storm, I'm still serving God. They explained to him, they give him a whole list of things. God is so good, He brought us through. And even down there in verse 21, He says, and the people said to Joshua, No! Why? Because Joshua turned to them at one stage. He says, No, but you will not serve God because He's a holy God. He didn't try to destruct them to serve God. He says, You must understand that if you serve God, you're serving a holy God. He's not coming down to your level. God's not on your level, friends. God is on His own level. He's God and God alone. He doesn't need your help, nor my help, nor your worship. He doesn't even need your worship to be God. He's God and God alone. And then they turned to Him and they said to Him, No, but we will serve the Lord. That sounds so good. And everybody high-five and they go, Woo, that's good. And they happily lived ever after. End. The End. Let's pray, let's go home, let's eat and drink. No. Let's take these same people. And we fast forward. You know how the tape goes. A little bit fast forward. And we come to the book of Kings. And in the book of Kings we find these same people. Now there was a man by the name of Ahab. Everybody knows Ayab, Jesse Bell. And these people were put in power kept in power by the people. Oh, they were powerful. I get that. I can preach a whole sermon on that. I've studied them in and out. I see the spirit of Jezebel operate in the world, in workplaces, in churches, but that's not the message today. I'm so allergic. I often say it to people, I'm so allergic to a spirit of Jezebel. I see it and I can sniff it. It's like a change in the wind. I sniff it. It's like a hound dog. I, I sniff that, yeah. Then you start looking. There's no doctrine behind that, okay? Don't anybody come to me afterwards and say, are you starting a new doctrine? Sniff, sniff this person. No, it's not what it is, Janelle. It's not what it is. But look at these people now. In 1 Kings, you remember when Elijah had all of those people at Carmel? All the people came in. Elijah came there and he stood with them. And this is what Elijah said. He came to the people and said, how long will you falter between the opinions? You see, they were sitting on the fence. If the Lord is God, follow him. But if Baal follow him. Now, listen to me, brother and sister. Look at the response of the people. What did they say? What did they say? Come and you tell me. Nothing. They said nothing. And that. <laughs> My dear brother and sister, is where most of the sleeping church is today. The church is saying nothing. Why? Because the church is gripped with fear. Gripped with fear. My purpose today is to preach this sermon and to ask you, look at them. It's like having a before and an after photo. You notice those? The before photo? The before photo? Far be it from us that we should forsake the Lord and serve other gods. And the people said to Joshua, No, but we will serve the Lord. What is the after photo? Transformation. They said not a word. Where are you sitting today? Are you serving God now that you've seen what it takes to serve God, it's going to cost you something. It's going to cost you, listen to me, it is going to cost you your life. To serve God costs you your life. I can't say it to you in any other words. If you are sitting here this morning and you haven't made a decision for Christ, He's pounding on you, He wants to, the Holy Spirit comes even this morning. If you sit here this morning and you say, Preacher, I can't say that I serve God. I believe in Him. That's why I'm here. You wouldn't be sitting here if you don't believe in Him. Otherwise, what are you doing here? Is it for the food? <laughs> I know Lydia made a wonderful soup afterwards. I'm looking forward for that. If you are here for the food, by God bless, by God bless your heart. But I'm here to tell you this morning, you must serve the Lord because difficult times are coming. And the only thing that will keep your faith is serving God. Not mere believing. Serve Him with everything. Amen. Heavenly Father, I thank you for your word this morning. I thank you, Lord, that we could open your word and preach. This message, as you know, how serious it was when you pressed it upon my heart. I pray, Lord, that you will touch every heart here this morning. Father, thank you that you've spoken to my heart. I want to serve you, Lord. I want to serve you all the days of my life, Lord. Though it becomes difficult, Father, in this world, and I know it will, we want to serve you, Lord. I want to refrain what Joshua said, for me and my house, for me and my house, we shall serve the Lord. No matter what you say, we shall serve the Lord."